Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the exciting time of summer solstice. Yay, maximum daylight. The Guardian reports, now that the COVID restrictions are over, the pagans descended en masse to celebrate at Stonehenge. Their story began, a druid in flowing robes played a waltz on the bagpipes in the dappled shade of a tree as a band of pilgrims rested on the grass making crowns of summer flowers. (laughs) Who plays a waltz on the bagpipes? That sounds awkward. Well, we have no flowery crowns for the media today on the Newsbusters podcast. We did have the excitement on Friday night to learn that uh, seven members of Team Colbert were arrested at the Longworth House office building for unlawful entry. There were jokes made about the Colbert insurrection, but they weren't really trying to blow anything up. They are just trying to embarrass Republicans. It's what they do. Uh, Fox News reported the way this went down, you know, the Colbert crew was basically thrown out of the January 6th hearing because they didn't have press credentials because they are fake news. They're comedy. They, I'm sure, were invited by the Democrats. Some say Adam Schiff invited them along, but they were basically said, nope, you're unauthorized. They got bounced like illegal aliens. Then they're found in the Longworth House office building after hours. Yes, they were apparently taking video and pictures around the offices of two Republican members of Congress, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. The group was unescorted by, you know, Democratic aides, and they were charged with illegal entry to House office buildings after hours. Now, remember that people who merely entered the Capitol on January 6th were charged with parading or entering a restricted building, and some have even served several weeks in jail. Or you can take the Indiana grandmother of five who went on three months probation for walking in there and taking video with her phone. Maybe that indicates to you that the prosecution of some of these people parading in the Capitol might just be a bit overdone? Might we remind you that the goofball QAnon shaman got 41 months in jail for dressing stupidly? He didn't hit a cop in the head with a, a shield or anything. He just dressed stupidly and was very noticeable. 41 months. Now, does that make sense to anyone? So obviously, yes, we don't expect that Colbert's people, they're arrested and they're released and probably nothing will ever come of it. We, we will wait and see. But of course, CBS tried to make light of it the next day. I turned on the TV. I was like, oh, let's see if CBS Saturday mornings features this story at all. I was intrigued. Uh, there was, but you, you had to wait about 20 minutes. And then they tried to make light of it. 
They did a, a one-minute or a 65-second report beginning with, Triumph the co- insult comic dog is accused of running afoul of the law. Guys, they didn't arrest a puppet. They arrested the puppeteer, Mr. Robert Smigel of Saturday Night Live, among other things. And he is the voice and hand of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Well, then, they, of course, they ended this segment by, uh, by basically discussing, oh, I remember when Triumph was a sock puppet. Well, yeah. See, the, the, this is how CBS tries to sort of dismiss the whole thing. Now, our research guru, Scott Whitlock, did the numbers on Monday morning. So you got 65 seconds on CBS Saturday mornings. That's where you'd expect it because that is a CBS problem. ABC's Good Morning America, 25 seconds. Didn't see anything on today on NBC. Saturday night, nothing on World News Tonight. Nothing on NBC Nightly News. Nothing on CBS Weekend News. Sunday, Sunday morning on CBS, nothing. Today, nothing. Good Morning America Sunday, nothing. We sensing a pattern? Sunday night, CBS Weekend News, nothing. World News Tonight, nothing. Nightly News, no show. U.S. Open Golf Tournament. Monday morning, Good Morning America, nothing. CBS Mornings, nothing. Today, nothing. When they don't want to report on something, they don't report on something. We um, couldn't... They could certainly do speculation on what Team Colbert was doing. There's there's a story there to be had. What were they trying to do? My guess is they were hanging out outside Bobert's office hoping she would emerge so they could do some sort of ambush interview comedy routine. Maybe Bobert's staff called them in or some other Republican called it in. They called the Capitol Police and said... There seems to be an unauthorized group of goofballs out here. Somebody's holding a puppet with a cigar in its mouth. Yes, they were waiting to pounce comedically. So you're not supposed to prosecute them. Well, this whole January 6th hearings thing is not turning out. Brian Stelter is not happy. He did report a new ABC Ipsos poll found. Overall, 34% of Americans say they are following the hearings very or somewhat closely, 43% of Democrats, and 22% of Republicans. They're picking very or somewhat closely. Very would be watching all the live coverage. Somewhat, I mean, somewhat closely could be, I watch the you know, the, the minutes on the evening news or the morning news that they devote to it. I just watch the sound bites. And that, I would guess, would count as somewhat closely. But in a reminder of where political attention is, just under 1 in 10 or 9% of Americans say they are following the hearings very closely. This is what upsets the liberals. Oh, but it gets worse. You know, NBC News spent some time with voters at the polls during the Nevada primaries. They were looking for glimmers of Republicans who are being persuaded by Liz Cheney. Did they find it? No. Two NBC reporters said, NBC News talked to more than two dozen voters in both Washoe and Clark counties, the two most populous in Nevada, that I think would be Las Vegas and Reno. They found that the January 6th committee hearings that captivated Washington, no, 
the captivated liberal Washington. They think that's the same thing. The hearings not only failed to persuade these voters, but pushed them in the opposite direction. Oh, they were so upset. You could tell they were upset because then they started talking about what they, the voters were wearing. Yes, as voters came to the polls, quote, wearing stars and striped socks pulled up to their knees or collecting into small groups to grouse. Grouse is the word that developing countries had superior election integrity. Republicans were light years away from granting credibility to the January 6th committee. Oh, isn't that sad? Republicans were supposed to be get convinced and it's moving in the opposite direction. Can you imagine that all of this hype for January 6th could actually contribute to a red wave election? It could actually suggest to voters that while they're concerned about paying $5 a gallon for gas, the Democrats and Adam Schiff are trying to pull off impeachment number three. Are you really listening to the suffering of your voters or are you just obsessing in a bubble? Now, when they get panicky, diehard Democrats like George Stephanopoulos, I bet one of you is saying, but Tim, Stephanopoulos, isn't he an objective anchorman now? <laughs> okay, diehard Democrats who take daily phone calls from James Carville are panicking. Our own man on Sunday, Kevin Tober, still ashamed of his diploma from Rutgers, had the goods. Is there anything Democrats can do to stop the wave in 22? Um, it, right now, I, I, the one thing I would disagree um, with you all on is that every moment that we're spending here talking about the January 6th commission, we're not talking about $5 gas. <laughs> we're not talking about inflation. But that's not going to help Democrats right, no, talking no, no, about $5 right, gas. No, no. Consider that. The media is not helping Democrats if talking about January 6th isn't helping. But they just can't help themselves because they're convinced that they are democracy and we are not. They want to think that when they lose, democracy dies. Then over on Meet the Press, they were obsessing again. NBC paying no attention to its own reporters. 26 and a half minutes of one-sixth obsession. 19 minutes at the beginning, recounting the hearings and interviewing Jamie Raskin. Another seven and a half with Chuck Todd's panel of pundits. Chuck Todd was asking Jamie Raskin, well, you know, when Trump attacks Mike Pence all over again for being a wuss bunny on January 6th, is he confessing to which Raskin said? Do you think every time Donald Trump goes out there and essentially readmits to what he did, what should be the reaction of the attorney general every time the former president does that? Well, you know, the attorney general really shouldn't be reacting to particular provocations by particular politicians or criminals. I mean, that's not really the role of the attorney general. Ah, uh, yes. Trump is a criminal. Now you get where the Democrats really are. You know, they get very upset when you said lock her up about Hillary, but they've been lock him up about Trump for about five years now. You know, you can get the sense watching these Sunday shows that they echo the hearings, especially in that pretty much only the self-appointed saviors of our democracy are featured. So Jamie Raskin 
is there uh, with Chuck Todd. Uh, Dana Bash on CNN had Adam Schiff. Now, today's podcast quiz. How many times has PolitiFact fact-checked Adam Schiff? Don't cheat now and Google it. Just try to guess. Dum, 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 dum. The answer is two. They've been around since 2007. And they have one true and one mostly false. Now, it gets funnier. Stephen Colbert has five. None of them are current. But hey, four of those are true or mostly true. See, this is the way PolitiFact treats libs. Even comedians who say horrific things about the Republicans, hey, no fact checks, because they're comedians. We're going to crush the Babylon Bee like a grape because their comedy isn't funny to us. There was a moment, though, on State of the Union where Dana Bash is uh, talking to uh, uh, Adam Schiff and actually says to him, why aren't you calling witnesses in a public way who might challenge the committee? I mean, we all understand. She said, we've seen a lot of taped testimony from all of the Republicans here. Uh, But isn't it interesting? It's taped. It's not live. There's no place there for a Republican witness who's hostile, somewhat hostile to the committee to shoot back. That doesn't mean, you know, they did have Mike Pence's guy in there, but Mike Pence's guy wasn't going to attack the narrative that the committee was unfolding. They're not allowing anybody who would question the narrative. So... I just thought that this particular question was very interesting. We've seen a lot of taped testimony from the hundreds, even more, uh, of uh, closed-door testimony that you've done as a committee. But why aren't you calling witnesses in a public way who might challenge the committee? Is that intentional because you don't want to deviate from the storyline that you were trying to present to the public and, of course, potentially to the Justice Department? Uh, no. I mean, we, we are interviewing, frankly, anyone that has relevant evidence. Uh, we're putting that relevant evidence before the public. Uh, and we're doing it uh, in a way that uh, um, is the most cohesive and that we can get across the salient points to the public. Yes, Ms. Bash is on to something. Don't deviate from the storyline. We have a cohesive narrative chock full of salient points. It's airtight, people. You can't ruin it by questioning the Democrats. This is exactly why this whole proceeding isn't really credible. It's not bipartisan. Because they're, and it's all prosecution and no defense. Well, there's two Republicans on the committee. Yeah, and they're prosecutors. They're not the defense. On Friday's CBS Mornings, they promoted a two-hour documentary on CBS Friday night called Watergate, High Crimes in the White House. Naturally, CBS tied this into the new Trump hearings. Co-host Tony DeCopel began as the January 6th hearings continue in Washington. The Watergate story continues to echo today, offering potential lessons about the current political landscape. Yes, Tony. The lesson is CBS News is still using the guise of news 
to promote Democrats and punish Republicans. Notice what doesn't echo today. The Lewinsky scandal, the Benghazi hearings, anything the Democrats don't like. This is where I, you just get annoyed at these people. Oh, somehow Watergate is echoing. Why is that? Because it's what the Democrats want to echo. You know, I just uh, can't believe I skimmed through this two-hour special on the Snapstream system. What a pile of propaganda. What a load of emotionally manipulative film clips and music. They've got old Woodward and Bernstein, who at this point sound like the Statler and Waldorf of our political Muppet show. But Stahl was typically upset, you know, about people aren't paying enough attention to these hearings. These hearings could turn everything around. You know, back in 73... You couldn't watch anything else on TV but the Watergate hearings. They had you if you wanted to watch the boob tube at all. As a kid, I remember being mad because I couldn't watch my game shows like Jeopardy and, and Concentration. But, you know, the, the, the thing that's always missed when they start doing this Watergate echoing is all the context of what happened before Nixon you know, Victor Lasky wrote a book that I read back way back when called It Didn't Start With Watergate. As in, it was horrendous that Richard Nixon had a taping system in the White House. But whoops, hey, Kennedy and Johnson had taping systems in the White House. Yet later, liberals were delighted to share LBG's taping system. Oh, they played these recordings like they were delightful. Hacks like historian Michael Beschloss would put these books together. And, you know, Lyndon Johnson very carefully recorded the conversations he wanted recorded for history and didn't record the things he didn't want recorded. Now, apparently Richard Nixon's taping system, the different thing was, because Nixon was mechanically inept and apparently wouldn't ask for help, he had a voice-activated taping system, meaning it taped all the time. So you may ask yourself the historic question, if Richard Nixon was not mechanically inept, would they have made him resign over Watergate? Uh, also on Sunday, Brian Stelter was very happy to announce what they called the democracy beat. Oh, the Associated Press now is a democracy beat. Oh, how much they'll have to do. There's so much threatening of democracy. Look, there's something to be said about a reporter who's assigned to report on elections and voting rights and battles over election integrity. But there's just always this gelatinous layer of pomposity that's plopped all over it. It's like rancid whipped cream. We have a democracy beat because we saved democracy from those horrid Republicans. Now, I'll give Brian Stelter credit for this. He did actually cite a poll. I believe it was a Fox News poll that basically found, yes, Republicans thought the Republican Party was saving democracy. Yes, different partisans have different takes on what democracy is and who's preserving it and who's ruining it. 2020 was a very bizarro year for our elections because of COVID. So we made a lot of new rules and loosey-goosey'd up like mail-in ballots because of COVID. Well, that won't happen in 2022, but as we all know, 
The Republicans trying to take things back to the way they were, oh, I don't know, way back in 2018, was described by President Biden on down as somehow Jim Crow 2.0. So speaking of gelatinous layers of pomposity, Stelter brought on Danielle Belton, executive editor or editor-in-chief of HuffPost. Yes, founded by Ariana Huffington, who would always say, There is not the right and left. There is only right and wrong. That means the left is right and the right is wrong. So never include the right wing in anything because they're all liars. Isn't that convenient? Then you have news and talk that's dominated by the leftists. And then they'll bring in, you know, amusing uh, entertainment like Cheney and Kinzinger. Now come on and agree with us and we'll call our agreement bipartisan. Danielle Belton said, we have an extremist wing, an extremist element within the conservative movement that is trying to basically take over the Republican Party. She said, the press, the American people, all of us, anyone who's pro-democracy, pro-free press, pro-equality, this is what we're up against because these are the things these people do not want. So the real operative question here is, who are these people? Uh, I, you know, you could argue, well, she's not talking about me. She's talking about the big lie folks, the sacred election landslide folks. I'm not sure. I think that when, when you're at the HuffPost, you basically think all Republicans are these people, that all Republicans are, pro, are anti-democracy, all Republicans are anti-free press, all Republicans are anti-equality. These are sort of the presumptions on which so-called mainstream media operate. Then, of course, came CNN's John Harwood, otherwise known as Tell Me What to Say, Ron Klain, and I'll Say It. The White House Chief of Staff runs my Twitter account. And so John Harwood said the thing that you, you, know, you can imagine Stelter saying, you know, there's not a Democrat and Republican spectrum. There's not a liberal conservative spectrum. He claims we should not take sides on liberal versus conservative. Oh, really? That's not the way I remember it, John Harwood, in the 2015 CNBC presidential debate, you hack. He said, the Trump era, this particular situation, the spectrum is truth on the one side and lies on the other side. See, there's the pomposity. Yes, there is a lie that Trump won in a landslide. That is wrong. But they always say the whole other side is lies. Everybody who disagrees with CNN or Adam Schiff is the lies side. Do you see what? That's too cute. On Twitter, our friend who goes by a newsman threw in, ask a Democrat what a woman is, Brian. Yes. Would you get a truth answer? Ask them where the virus originated. From China. Ask them... Who won the 2016 election? Yes, exactly. It's the pomposity we can't take. It's that idea that somehow the Democrats and CNN are democracy. Fox News is the authoritarian channel. You can see this now from Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton thinks the press is hopelessly anti-Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton always expected that you had to always support her. That was your job. Your job was to get her elected and support her. And if you got in her way, then you were aiding the Republicans. You can see this right now with Joe Biden. He's on the beach today yelling at a guy 
yelling at a reporter saying you sound like a Republican politician. I, I, I promise. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. Yes. Hey, dummy, it's called giving you an opposing point of view. That's what reporters are supposed to do. But see, Joe Biden isn't used to that. He's used to re- to questions like this AP reporter, Josh Bulk, which is like, tell us your unique vision at this juncture in history. That's the kind of question he wants. He doesn't want a challenging question that says, what are you doing on inflation? And you said it was transitory. Uh, he doesn't want anything like that. So we are here at Newsbusters, and many in the conservative media are here to bring the Democrats some democracy. We're going to bring them an opposing point of view. We're going to bring some talking points they do not like. And when you want to look at that and see how the media is doing, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.